welcoming you to a mini preview episode. Here is Hand of Pod Extra. Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, where most of you are listening, if most of you or half of you is you're in Europe, I'm guessing you're going to be hearing this on your commutes perhaps in Monday morning or, um, oh no, not Monday morning, because most of you lot who listen on the commutes are not going to be in work on Monday morning of course, are you? Happy Easter everybody, or Hag Sameach to our Jewish listeners, um, and if you have another holiday this weekend then I hope you've had a good one as well. Um, the idea of this little miniature, I don't know how long I'm going to talk for, five or ten minute episode, um, which as you will discover is is a one man show, it's just me, Sam Kelly, on this one, um, is to give you a free preview of something that I'm going to be trying to offer each week, at least during the season, to people who sign up on our Patreon page. It's not live yet, so if you're hearing this on Monday, or possibly Tuesday, please don't go to Patreon just yet. Um, Keep an eye out on our Twitter and our Facebook pages, um, and I will give the link, of course, as well as doing so on on the podcast itself, which will still be recording and which will still be free. Um, Probably recording on Tuesday or Thursday this week, not on Wednesday. Um, But uh, these extra episodes, which I'll record on Sunday, shortly after the conclusion of the last match of Sunday evening... um, will be a sort of little bonus extra with some of the main talking points from the weekend so that you can go into work and impress your friends with how much you know already about Argentine football rather than having to wait till the middle of the week for it. Uh, We have had all of the big five have played already this weekend. Um, Racing were first up. They drew 2-2 against Belgrano in a pretty entertaining match from what I managed to catch of it in which Ricardo Centurion got himself sent off for two yellow cards in the space of about 20 seconds for yelling at the referee towards the end of the match to compound what listeners to the main podcast will already be aware is not a fantastic couple of weeks for him after getting caught speeding and then trying to... uh, drunk driving, sorry, at 8 o'clock in the morning followed by trying to bribe a policeman. Um, Racing fell behind, uh, 1-0 through an own goal from their goalkeeper Juan Musso before Centurion equalised just a few seconds later in the first half, 28 minutes in, um, when he was still good. And then they went um, 2-1 up with a goal from Leonardo Sigali early in the second half. But the goal to look out for, if you're going to check the YouTube channel, the, the Superliga Argentina de Football YouTube channel, which I think is SAF, um, Argentina or something on on YouTube. I'll try and dig the link out and put it on Twitter. Uh, is the fourth goal in that match, which was scored by Marcelo Benito um, Benitez, sorry, with a quite ridiculous free kick. I couldn't quite decide when watching it again just before recording whether I'm going to blame Musa for it or not because he gets all the way across and perhaps doesn't have quite a strong enough wrist to punch it round the post. But um, it, it was ha- have a look at it. It's from way out. It was a fantastic finish. 
um, Independiente suffered a minor shock. They perhaps have one eye on their upcoming match because on Wednesday they and San Lorenzo both play. Um, obviously they both play. It's the game that both of those teams have in hand over the rest of the league uh, due to Independiente's Ray Copa um, participation in February. Um, but they put out I'm looking at it now, it, it looks to me like a pretty much a full-strength side, and they went 2-0 down to Atletico Tucumán through goals from Rodrigo Aliendro, um, no, sorry, two goals from Guillermo Acosta, um, I should have said, possibly the smallest man on the pitch. Uh, Rodrigo Aliendro did appear on the statistics for the match because he got himself sent off as well. Um, so a good win for Atletico Tucumán. Um, I will tell you whereabouts everybody is in the league in a second after... Muting my telephone because an advert has just started on it. Um, and after running through the rest of them, two of the three Macalister brothers scored for Argentinos Juniors. And on Sunday, we had three of the big five in action. San Lorenzo, just a few minutes ago, in the final game of the weekend, beat Lanús 2-0, which means that they go third. If they win that game in hand um, against Independiente on Wednesday evening, they will leapfrog Tacheres into second, but they will be eight points behind Boca Juniors. Both of those facts are because Boca beat Tacheres 2-1. Um, Walter Bu giving them the lead. Um, Tacheres getting an equaliser on the stroke of half-time through Carlos Quintana. But then for the third match in a row, Boca got a decisive stoppage time goal. This one came from Pablo Perez, who frankly had not had a particularly good game. Um, and one of the main talking points for the weekend, because it happened in Boca's game, but also because it was frankly a bit silly, was the way that Pablo Perez, um, on the after half-time, not even on the stroke of half-time, got himself booked um, for talking back to the referee as the players were walking off the pitch, and then got quite graphically, let's say, insulted by a fan in the stands right next to the tunnel as he was walking down the sort of the Boca tunnel. Those of you who haven't seen it on the television or on YouTube might not be aware. Uh, is by the side of the pitch and leads sort of down underneath the pitch, so the players are right next to the fans as they're going down there. Um, and after scoring this 92nd minute winner, uh, Perez decided to shout in the general direction of all of the stands some very choice words about what he thought about that particular fan. That's what he says now. That's what seems to make sense. Um, but obviously after playing not particularly well, and after trying to minimise the loss to the, in the Supercoppa uh, against River Plate, this is not behaviour that has endeared him very much to Boca's fans. So the reaction has been possibly the most visceral reaction ever seen uh, from a set of football fans towards a player who's just won you at the match and put you nine points clear of your nearest rivals um, in stoppage time. If Tacheres had won that match, the gap would now be three points. If it was a draw, which it was looking to be, it would be six points. But now Boca nine points clear. As I've said already, San Lorenzo, even if they win their game in hand, will be eight points behind them. And there will only be six points, uh, sorry, six matches remaining, 18 points to play for. So Boca haven't mathematically secured the title. But I think it's safe to say that barring a complete collapse, they're going to be defending um, the title which they won last season. They played without Carlos Tevez, incidentally, and we will give you more details on that during the week, but Tevez picked up an injury last week for some interesting reasons. He, he made a visit um, to a prison, got involved in a match, a friendly kickabout with some inmates, which turned out to be 
not quite so friendly. Apologies for my phone going off. I thought I'd muted it already, which turned out to be not quite so friendly. And uh, we will give you the full lowdown on that one during the week um, on the main episode. Defensive Justicia versus River Plate kicked off at 11 in the morning. Um, the first half in the morning ended 1-1, I think. I'm remembering? Yes. No, it didn't. It ended 2-1 to River because Javier Pinola got um, the uh, the morning winner, let's say, on the stroke of half-time. Fernando Marquez had, had opened River's defence, or rather defensively it was Dicia really, uh, uh, in a team move, had opened up River's defence 10 minutes in, and Fernando Marquez was given a tap-in past uh, Franco Aramani. But River, after that, um, started to turn the game around 20 minutes in. Gonzalo Martinez scoring with a penalty. Pinola putting the ball into the net on the stroke of half-time, and Lucas Prato scoring only his second goal after his 11 or $12 million move to River um, to make it 3-1 eight minutes into the second half. River were, were decent. Fernando Quintero uh, wasn't playing. He wasn't even on the bench, and I'm not quite sure why that is. Fitness, presumably, after the international break. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll be talking more, I would imagine, on that one. It does put River two points behind the Copa Sudamericana spots and seven points at the end of that match. I haven't updated it since, but I'll tell you in a minute. Behind the Copa Libertadores qualifying spots. So suddenly they're on a bit of a run. It's their second run in this season of three consecutive league victories. The first run um, of three consecutive league victories this season was in their first three matches of this season. So it looks tentatively like River are back and like they're managing to keep up that momentum which they first managed to hit just before the international break. Um, the other big news from Sunday's matches is that Arsenal de Sarandí, the team who were created in the 1950s by Julio Grondona and therefore are every neutral's least favourite club in Argentina, with the possible exception of those who absolutely hate River or absolutely hate Boca, of course, um, have been relegated from the Primera, from the Superliga, the top flight, whichever way you want to call it, for the first time since getting promotion in 2002. They drew 2-2. They actually came back from 2-0 down against Chacarita Juniors. Um, but then, very shortly afterwards, a couple of hours later, uh, Patronato um, beat Rosario Central 3-0 in Paraná. And that means that Arsenal mathematically are down. They can't finish above Patronato. And they're far too far adrift of the other teams who've played the same number of games as them in the relegation table. Chacarita themselves are not yet mathematically relegated, in spite of the fact that they're actually below Arsenal in the relegation table, um, because they've played fewer matches, and therefore if they were to go on a tear now and win all their remaining games, mathematically speaking, they can still finish above Tigre, who are the lowest-placed team outside the relegation zone. In practice, that's not going to happen, and Chacarita are going to go down as well but it isn't yet confirmed. I think it would have been if they had lost that match against Arsenal, but it isn't as it stands. On Monday evening, there are two games still to play, by the way. Olimpo against Temperley um, in one of the... what I'm quite sure is going to be a, a pretty awful match, and Godoy Cruz against Colón, which could be a little more interesting given their form. These standings, as of Sunday night, are Boca with 50 points after 21 games, Tacheres with 41 points after 21 games are in second, San Lorenzo... They've only played 20 games, so they have a game in hand and are on 39 points. Uh, Godoy Cruz, who, as I've just mentioned, played tomorrow, so they've only got 20 games as well on the clock, uh, are on 37. Racing have 21 games and 36 points. Those are the teams who are currently in the Copa Libertadores spots. And then it gets really tight. 
So remember, Godoy Cruz 37, Racing 36 in 5th, Independiente also have 36 points and are in 6th place with that game in hand over San Lorenzo to come. Union have 35 points from 21 games, Huracan 34 points from 21 games, Argentinos 33, Estudiantes 32, Colón play tomorrow, they've only played 20 games and are on 31 points, and Belgrano, who are in 12th outside the Copa Sudamericana spots, everyone I've just mentioned is inside them, also have 31 so if Colón lose to Godoy Cruz, which given that they're visiting Godoy Cruz and giving Godoy Cruz's home record um, is what seems like it could very well happen, then depending on how many goals they do it by, they will either drop below Belgrano, they would have to lose by six goals for that to happen, uh, but you never know, um, or they will remain just above Belgrano but level on points. Uh, in 13th, then are Atletico Tucumán with 29 points, and in 14th, just behind them on goal difference are River Plate so we could I'm just looking at this now if Colón lose to Godoy Cruz and then next weekend if Colón were to lose or draw again and River were to win you could see River already going up into the Sudamericana spots there having been I think 20th or 22nd just a few weeks ago um, River are now up to 14th Defensive DC of 15th are level up on points with River after that uh, defeat I won't go through the rest of it because there's no point reading the the whole bottom half of the table when that's not even relevant to the relegation battle is it? Um, The relegation table as we said really for the last couple of weeks in Anderpol we already know which four teams are being relegated one of them now have been relegated Chacarita 28th Arsenal have been relegated and are 27th in that table Tempele 26th Olimpo in 25th and then there is a 14 point jump before we hit Tigre so in the next couple of rounds all of the relegation places are highly likely to be decided and we're going to be in given that fact and given the fact that Boca are now 9 points clear at the top of the table for a pretty boring last few weeks of the season but join us anyway throughout for Hand of Pod we will try to um, find things to entertain you all the same in your ears and remember that if you're planning on supporting us on Patreon, these future Hand of Pod extra episodes um, will be available to people who support us for a certain amount of money. I'm not going to put a minimum on the weekly donations, but you will have to um, give us a, a certain amount, which I haven't quite yet finalised my decision on, uh, in order to get these episodes each week. I hope you've enjoyed it, and I hope that you'll listen to us whenever we record later in the week to the main episode. Bye for now. <laughs>